Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Good wishes to you today. I'm excited to be with you and looking forward to a really rich and beautiful conversation. I was delighted to hear about this new author and this wonderful book called The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically, uh, and to dive right into it. And what became very clear as I moved through the book was the power of seven. And so I want to start off first by mentioning if you have not partaken of my new trilogy, I've got the first two in that trilogy out now. Uh, They are living the seven human blessings of experience and being the seven illusions that derail personal power, purpose, and peace. These books are uh, not books to be read quickly. They are meant to be savored, to take in a paragraph or a few lines a day. They are the books that your soul would have written for you if you were to understand this multidimensional experience that you are to go through. Each book represents a different aspect of you, and they'll support you in going beyond your current generalities, conditioning, and perceptions, and deeply into the subtle layers of conscious participation as a divine creator within this collective vortex of our current reality. So definitely check those out, but hone in on that seven, because what I discovered in Shauna. Zalazo's book is that she also has tapped into that power of seven, and she beautifully expresses in a way of mythology and uh, humanity so many of the same common elements that mine are directed at more as a manual. And so I definitely uh, want to urge you to pick up her book As the first epic myth ever recorded, the descent of Inanna reads like a divinely charted map to guide us back to ourselves, to the truth of our origins. Understanding our roots can help us find our highest evolutionary expression. The Way of Inanna, a heroine's guide to living unapologetically, provides you a framework and also an understanding of how to move through seven gates that will allow you to expand more deeply into the truth of yourself And as you descend, you will also ascend. My guest today is Shauna Zalazo, and she's a psychotherapist, intuitive channel, spiritual coach, mentor, and teacher, a licensed clinical social worker who holds an MSW from Smith College. She began her social work career at the end of life care as a hospice social worker before transitioning into private practice. She is not only the author of this new book, The Way of Inanna, but she's also launching her own podcast, The Unapologetic Heroine Podcast, which will launch in December. You can find out more about her at Shauna Zalazo, which is in the bio description on the show page, and I'll share more about that later. But without spending any more time, I want to welcome you, Shauna, to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm such a big fan of your work, so it's such an honor to be here with you today. Oh, that's very kind of you to say. I really did enjoy your book. It's beautifully written, and it goes very deeply into uh, both the experiences that we encounter as we are moving towards greater self-realization, but also you tap into some some deep subtleties as you Uh, move individuals through what you call the seven gates. And 
I think it's it's first important for individuals to have an understanding of of what Anana is and how you encountered this. Absolutely. So Inanna is the goddess of love and war. She is the Sumerian goddess of um, the earth. She's considered the queen of heaven and earth. And she is one of the seven of the Sumerian pantheon of gods and goddesses who can decree fate. She has many epitaphs, including the morning and the evening star, which connects her to Venus, as well as the goddess of thunderstorms and rain. Um, And what I discovered in my exploration of the Divine Feminine was I found her as a goddess who really emphasizes humanity as a path to our divinity in that she insists on her physicality. She is constantly bringing us back into connection to the body and as such is deeply relatable. Um, As well, she embodies her polarities in, in a way that we can see ourselves in her. She's, she is, as I mentioned, the goddess of love and war. So she holds these aspects of self that are on some level uh, uh, polarities, but at the same time, we can recognize within ourselves our own capacity to be, for example, a fierce lover. Um, and she is not only a goddess, but she is one that really is positioned to help unify positioned to help act, show us that we have a warrior capacity within ourselves to fight for a reality of peace, of love. And that sounds quite like a bit of an oxymoron in the sense of fighting for peace, but this is what she represents. It's, it's something that is very human, and yet she is a bridge, really, the first goddess I found <laughs> to be a significant bridge for me to my own divinity. Um, so I really appreciate her process. And when I discovered the descent, which was the first myth of hers that I came upon, I really recognized my own experience in what she was conveying. It facilitated a reframe in me to be able to see the challenges in my life as initiations and as such to look to them for what they, the ways in which they help me grow so that I can engage with what shows up in my life from an empowered perspective, which is really what I feel she's demonstrating, among many other things. She's super multidimensional, so all of her myths are very multidimensional. But it was in connecting with her and then deepening my connection with her through further research and also in literally devotion to her, cultivating space in in which to connect with her, that I came to recognize ways to dissolve what was blocking me from self-love to really embody that unapologetic heroine energy that she embodies so beautifully. So she's certainly (laughs) my favorite goddess that I have have, uh, met thus far. Well, I think that that is what resonated so much in the book with me because I truly believe that it is through our humanity that we access our divinity. And when you speak about Anana's love and her own devotion, it is that love to face life as it is, to embrace what is is present, which is something that's so difficult for many people, especially with things that 
take place in personal life or the things that they see globally. So often in our society, either we have been trained and conditioned into compartmentalizing or shutting down or pushing away, or in an attempt to just survive, we only take in certain bits and pieces. And that's not devotion. That's not love. That's kind of eking one's way through life. So talk a little bit more about this love aspect that Anana has that you also mirrored in in terms of your devotion to Anana as well that helped you truly face the things that were in your life. Oh, thank you so much for that question. It's so beautiful. Indeed, uh, the the notion of being a goddess of love, really she's taking love to the unconditional level. And as such, to your point, we are invited, if we're looking at something from an unconditionally loving stance, we're invited to see all the ways in which we can open to it. And so when we meet challenges in our own lives, if we can hold that stance, that open-hearted stance, um, at all times, then we can more easily, that, that, that positions us into a state of higher vibration or higher perspective. And it is from that place that we can see with great clarity and discernment what is the medicine within the situation that is the challenge that is presenting itself and more easily move through it from an empowered perspective. Now, as you began to do this work, the first place that you came to was uh, having to resolve some profound grief. And I know from my own experience, which led to my trilogy, it was grief that became this divine portal, uh, literally this wormhole that took me into places that I never would have imagined and brought me to my own uh, levels of seven um, that, that I speak of. How do you see grief in terms of, number one, uh, where people are in the world in terms of the next step they need to take regarding grief, but also grief as this doorway or portal for Mm. individuals in terms of where it can take them? Absolutely. So the, the way that grief can serve or is most definitely a portal is in the sense that Grief truly brings us to our knees, and there's a way wherein uh, our defense mechanisms are in essence sort of laid down uh, as we're brought to our knees, and in that way, they are in a sense out of our way, so we're able to really access a level of vulnerability that allows for transformation, and truly, if we can look at it as such, we can... uh, you take the next steps in our grief process, which is deepening into a place of acceptance, not necessarily in the sense of, um, you know, uh, feeling as though that it's, a, it's really more about looking from an, a lens of acceptance as to how this is helping us grow, how we can keep, how it's serving as an opportunity to develop our heart to be able to hold uh, unconditional love because we're not disavowing any aspect of ourself. We're not shutting a part of us down or deeming a specific part um, worthy of being held in another part, which we sort of hide in the closet. Instead, the grief can be the doorway to cultivating that uh, sort of heartbreak that opens our heart even more, that makes our heart expand in such a way that we can hold even more love and develop that capacity to stay unconditionally loving at all times, even in the face of heartbreak. 
And the, the sort of next steps that we can take with grief is really to practice the, the level of compassion for ourselves that we have when we encounter another going through uh, grief. It, it opens our heart to others. Um, and can we practice that within ourselves? Can we have that level of compassion for ourselves, which really is an essential uh, aspect to self-love, which to me really is a significant way in which to bring about change on the planet is to develop that self-love, which Inanna definitely embodies and is a teacher of. So the grief process becomes a doorway in the sense that it connects us with an even uh, greater capacity for compassion, and truly that, that strengthens the heart. You know, I think that, that so many individuals, what we resist the most is to have our heart broken. But it's almost like it has to be reframed in understanding that if our heart's not broken, then it actually means it's encased and closed. And that in opening that heart, you're saying that we're moving into that heart space. And you correlate that as to gate one and the heart chakra. So as an individual moves through this book, they're going to move through seven different gates. And those correlate to the heart chakras. Is this something that was part of Anana's way and philosophy and uh, being that uh, you were able to take in? Or is this something that through your own process of moving through different experiences and emotions, you were able to intuit as the gateways that she was trying to show you? Mm, Both. (laughs) Um, Certainly one of the main... uh, I would say messages from her is the the sort of synthesis of the second chakra and the heart chakra. So the second chakra, the sacral chakra, being our center of creativity or the seat of um, divine feminine power. And that's really for all of us, right, regardless of gender or orient- sexual orientation uh, or identi- identity. This is, is our, our second chakra is our, is, is related to, the creative capacity that we all hold and then merging that with the heart chakra is so significant because it reminds us that we are all co-creators here on the earth plane and can we create from a place of love. So the, the way that I came to see how each of the gates, um, as I describe in my book, are related to the various chakras, which are not sequential in the sense that they don't uh, neatly follow from the... the um, from the root all the way up to the crown, but but that is in truth sort of how life is. It's not neat and orderly, and um, Inanna's mythology really reflects the plasticity of our evolution. So they are intentionally not in order, but they are meant to highlight um, that each of these powerful centers are are hold aspects of ourselves that as we heal, we become more liberated. And if we heal each of these chakras, if we go through the purification, if you will, by virtue of coming into each of these chakras and enhancing them, uh, bringing healing to them, then we are in essence very uh, consciously lifting our vibration and moving towards our own ascension process. And this the power of sevens that you're mentioning, which I so love in your in your books, is really a reflection of 
the seven levels of initiation in the process of ascension, the, the seven chakras, the seven notes of the musical octave, the seven planetary spheres of the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. So there's a way wherein we are really seeing within this process of moving through the various gates and healing our various chakras, we are seeing our own connection to the cosmos and in, as such coming in essence back to source. So Inanna's message was both intuited by me, but also I found through her, her, um, through her various myths that they really were pointing to each of these beautiful, powerful centers within us. The heroine of the story is the Sumerian goddess Inanna, the goddess of love and war. In early Roman culture, Inanna was known as Venus. In Greece, she was called Aphrodite. In Mesopotamian mythology, she is Istar. The power of Inanna has returned to insist that we live in unity consciousness, to restore balance to the planet and ourselves. She invites us to take responsibility and reclaim our role as masterful creators, alchemists like herself, to weave a new paradigm for living that vibrates at the frequency of love. This is from Shiana Zalazo's The Way of Inanna, a heroine's guide to living unapologetically. You can find out more by going to Shana's website, which is S-E-A-N-A-Z-E-L-A-Z-O.com. That's shanazalazo.com. Definitely check out her upcoming Unapologetic Heroine podcast launching in December, and I'll share a little more about her intuitive channeling and some of her other spiritual work when we come back from these messages. Once again, the name of the book is The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically by Shauna Zalazo. We'll be right back. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. 
Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before I want get back to Shana Zalazo's book, The Away of Inanna, I want to mention that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And they are offering 1111 Talk Radio listeners 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com forward slash 11, and you spell out the word 11. You know, before I wrote my trilogy, which is a more technical uh, manual for the soul guidance that we all need in regard to the multidimensional experience, I had wished there was a user manual for being human. And although I came to my own knowledge with time, it took a lot of introspection and deep growth. And in the same way, Shauna has created her own user manual that follows the mythology and gives you the technical aspects of where you need to go to move through these seven gates and have your own uh, awareness of your initiations. But as you move through these things, and for many individuals, they need the support and maybe don't have the access that they needed when life's not working and makes you feel stuck. And that's where better help can come in. Sometimes navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure whether that's a career change or a new relationship or becoming a parent or any of the things that life will throw at you. The nice thing is you can receive the support and the listening ear that you need. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. Their therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine that is called you. Again, if you want to check them out, I urge you to get your 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash 11 and spell out the word 11. Whether or not you've been in therapy personally, talking about the benefits are that you learn to cope with uh, different skills. You, you have self-empowerment. You learn how to deal with trauma and you benefit from being able to freely speak to a counselor so that you can get some of the stuff out that is pushed down inside. As you step into your journey with BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash 11, I also urge you to pick up a copy of The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically, and move through the seven gates that she provides you uh, along with her own story. You will find it fascinating, beautiful, and you will find many of the places probably inside of yourself. For the last decade, Shauna has focused on providing clarity and support as an intuitive channel, connecting with the higher realms to offer guidance, spiritual coaching, and mentorship, as well as teaching. She's trained in many healing modalities and is a former elite runner and two-time Olympic trials qualifier in the marathon, as well as a former competitive triathlete. 
as a surfer, Shauna uses her relationship to sports as a medium to be in sacred relationship with the temple of the body. She lives in coastal New Hampshire, and she is starting a podcast in December called Unapologetic Heroin Podcast. You can learn more at shaunazalazo.com. That's C-E-A-N-A-Z-E-L-A-Z-O.com. Welcome back, Shauna. You know, with all that you've done as an athlete and so much of, of what this book is about and the way of Anana, it is about embodiment. It is about really being in the body, with the body, feeling through the sensations that the body wants to bring up and the emotions and the thoughts held within us, that uh, that seems to be a, a really profound message to give people right now, that we really are here to descend into the body, not try to rise up out of it or escape it or go to some other place. Talk a little bit more about what deepened in you in terms of your relationship with your body and embodiment, even beyond what you already knew as uh, someone that was very active and uh, embodied through sports? Oh, I love that question. Thank you so much for asking this because I do think it's so important, especially for all of us, most certainly, but certainly women are, are, have often have quite ambivalent relationships with their body. And yet, in Nana's message, is so much about reclaiming our connection and recognizing the wisdom that our body can uh, provide for us. And really, in this way in which she brings us access to becoming, stepping into our divinity is in truth through the body, uh, her continuous... Um, desire for pleasure, her, her, her emphasis, let's say, on, on her own pleasure um, is a really central message, too, in the sense that many of us, uh, through trauma, as well as the social and cultural conditioning that we've received growing up, have become disconnected from our own body and not, do not really know, in many cases, what it is we truly want, but rather what we're sort of, what we should do or what we are, um, what is expected of us. And Inanna comes in and really highlights um, an opportunity for us to become intimately familiar with what it is we desire. What do we want? And again, this brings us into the heart center as a directional signal for our life or a GPS for our life in the sense that if we, if we become intimately familiar with the language of our heart so that we can know what it is that we want, then we can live uh, literally in love. And the way in which Inanna um, supported me uh, to go even further with the notion of embodiment is that while I, I was an athlete and or am an athlete, um, when I competed, certainly there was an aspect of competition for me which definitely was related to I want to own my power, right? I want to feel a positive relationship with my strength and how my body can be a source of power. However, there was also a way in which, um, especially with running, I came to, in essence, run from self. Um, and mm. the, yeah, that process was deep for me in the sense that I could focus and push hard and align my will and my concentration to um, 
get to a goal. <laughs> and there was a way where in that process, especially in competition when I was doing marathons, I, for example, became amenorrheic for many, many years, which is super symbolic in the sense that I was, in essence, sort of cutting myself off from my own lifeblood. Um, and so it was in, literally when I began working with Inanna, I came to a place of peace around competition. At that time, I was doing um, triathlon, and I really just sort of all of a sudden felt like, hmm, <laughs> well, I had given up um, marathoning uh, years before, before, after I had my son, or before I had my son. I, I got back into triathlon um, when he was born, and in working with her, all of a sudden, I realized, hmm, <laughs> I really want to emphasize the flow. I want to I want to come re sort of in essence program my relationship with sport and my body and um and she invited in this balance that anyone who's ever competed in uh endurance sports um recognizes there's a a, a level of dedication and focus that's required that from the outside or from the inside one might say becomes a bit imbalanced in the sense that there's a huge volume that you have to engage in. And in working with Inanna, all of a sudden, I moved into a deepened place of balance, literally and figuratively, even in surfing, like I, I, I dropped down the size of my board, for example, with if there's a greater balance, literally, in how I can um, ride a wave. <laughs> um, but, but also, the push energy all of a sudden dissolved that that drive that kept me you know kind of sort of measuring out my life in coffee spoons to sort of quote T.S. Eliot all of a sudden dissolved into uh, something that wasn't rigid but into something that was more connected to flow so the paradox is is that she um, in essence showed me a way to continue in sport but for me, it meant dropping the competition and just engaging in the play of it, which has made life so fun. <laughs> so I, I, I also feel that in my connection with Inanna, one of the biggest places I have seen her energy transform is in my own second chakra and my own connection to, to uh, fulfillment, to pleasure, to uh, knowing what I want. Um, so... This is my hope that she will offer this to others as they read it and get become familiar with her own process and her story. I think that's so powerful for women to hear in particular because whether it's sports, whether it's business, um, or simply our social conditioning, there there is a part of us that has been kind of pushed down or, or, or removed temporarily that, that makes us... Uh, forget or not know that we can tap into pleasure and fulfillment in a different way and become softer. It's almost like the world tells us that we have to be harder to make it or to do anything or to be someone. I love in your book where you share that Anana shifted my perspective of myself. She inspired and helped me to step outside of myself, pushing me toward joyful, sensual fulfillment, encouraging me to prioritize my own pleasure, and supporting my process of learning what that means for me. She's led me to accept my body in all the ways it is today so that I feel beautiful. I'm not as lean or defined as I was when I was competing, 
in athletics, my stomach shares the story of motherhood. I have to wear glasses more often than I don't. And the lines around my eyes reveal the life I have seen. And there's such love and compassion and kindness in that paragraph. And it's something that I think often women struggle with when they look in the mirror, when they compare themselves to years past or to the external versions of what they've been conditioned to believe that a woman needs to be today. And so to allow oneself to uh, kind of recline back and think uh, that there might be a different way or feel into how something else can look is a very powerful type of path to take. So in this way, I'm seeing what Anana did for you and what it can do for other women and men. Um, But I also would love to know how Anana is distinct from other goddesses, Um, because uh, what, what what would make this particular goddess stand out in a way that really pulls individuals uh, in this direction? Oh, yes. For me, it was recognizing how she just unapologetically um, embodied her polarities in the sense of in her mythology, you come to find that she's quite impatient. Um, And she's in this way, uh, I see myself so much in her in the sense that she's this force of nature, right? And, um, and she's, she really celebrates beauty. So she is, you know, even when she is in, uh, heading towards her death in the descent of Inanna, her most well-known myth, she gets dressed to the nines <laughs> and she comes to the door of the underworld and she, you know, she knows on some level she's going to meet her death and yet she bangs on it loudly and the gatekeeper opens the door and, you know, he's struck. He's struck by her beauty and the sort of grandeur and glory that is Inanna. So in every moment, she's sort of emphasizing her, <laughs> um, really underscoring um, the the way in which to celebrate self in every moment, to own it, to stand in your power, to, to love yourself so much that you never keep an aspect of you sort of shut out. You never keep an aspect of you um, behind, uh, you know, not on center stage. You bring every aspect of yourself out to the forefront. And, and she reflects the, our humanness in the sense that she can be that and also super impatient and also, um, you know, have, a, a, you know, she knows what she wants and she goes towards it. Um, and there's a way wherein uh, she's, she won't, for example, let anyone make up her mind. She must make up her mind. Um, and she insists on this. And there's a beauty in that. She doesn't want to be shoved into a corner. And, and it's sort of like if that starts to happen, <laughs> you see her um, push back. And I definitely see myself in that. I, I think many people will see themselves in that in the, in the sense that it's, it's not coming from her being uh, bratty. It's coming from this recognition that she is so multidimensional, so please don't box her in kind of energy. And in that, I see a way in which to give myself permission to, be, to own my multidimensionality, but also to give myself permission to evolve, to shift, to change my mind, to move in a different direction. And you see all of this through her mythology, and certainly uh, that to me stands out uh, in the other goddesses that I have studied. And again, I also want to bring the emphasis to her, her 
um, connection to her own physicality. That was something that certainly stood out to me, and especially as an athlete and as as um, someone who who practiced um, massage therapy for twenty years, I feel very connected to the body. It's always stood out to me as being important in our journey to ascension. And to your point, what you were saying earlier around many folks on the spiritual path have come to sort of feel, or even through trauma, come to sort of desire to move away from the body or transcend the physical. But her message really is, why not use the physical as a, as a vehicle to your evolutionary process? And so for these reasons, uh, she resonated with me and in a sense, I wouldn't even say caught my attention because when I came upon her, it really felt like a, I was remembering her, reconnecting with her. So it also felt familiar in a, in a sort of past life uh, type of way. This isn't my first go around, if you will, in connection with her or in devotion to her. Um, and so that also stood out to me was the deep resonance that I had personally with her as well. Mm. Inanna is the goddess of love and war. Her lesson is that in order to have unconditional acceptance of ourselves, we must integrate and bring healing to all parts of us, including the warring aspects, the aggressive, angry, dominating, and often wounded aspects of the self. Embodying these aspects, Inanna is truly a goddess of love, one who knows that real love is about acceptance, lack of judgment, and the courage to heal. This is from Shana Zalazo's book, The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically. I invite you to go pick up your copy soon, order it, and connect to Shana's website, shanazalazo.com. Sign up for her newsletter or follow her on social media, Shana Zalazo Author, and you can get some information about her upcoming podcast, which is the Unapologetic Heroine Podcast launching in December, and any of the things that she has coming into the future. We'll be back with more of The Way of Inanna right after these messages. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart deepen insights let go and chart a new course dream a new dream The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. 
As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at imsimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Do not be surprised if you find yourself in the way of Anana. You will see that your own face shows up in her myth. Each chapter of this book deconstructs sacred narratives in which the goddess navigates the seven gates of her soul's journey from awakening to ascension. More than a simple retelling, this book is the myth made manifest in which Inanna becomes a means to assessing, accessing our own ascension and alchemical magic within our modern contemporary context. With a combined psychotherapeutic and spiritual approach, uh, Shana Zalazo offers rituals and practices to help readers connect directly with Inanna, from harnessing your sensual energy to reclaiming the generative capacity of the divine feminine. And identifying and amplifying your life's purpose, you will discover the ways Anana's process is your own. Talk a little bit about some of the rituals and practices, Shauna. Absolutely. One of the reasons that I love ritual so much is the 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 way in which it works so quickly, um, and really gives us the opportunity to uh, practice our own creative process um, in. Certainly, I'm a deep uh, appreciator of psychotherapy um, and see it as invaluable. Um, And yet, uh, the ritual is a way wherein, in essence, you become your own therapist. So the power to heal becomes uh, held within, and you can... what's, What's powerful about ritual and using ritual is that there is no right or wrong way to do it in the sense as long as you're bringing intention and attention and aligning it with the highest good, um, it's, it's up to your own individual creative process. So certainly I brought forth um, rituals at the end of each chapter at each gate as a healing intervention. Um, and what I, I definitely worked deeply with Inanna in, these, in cultivating these and tuning in and really seeing ways in which to bring forward the most transformation. Always bring your own, of course, your own individual take to to ritual. But um, but why I find ritual so profound is is that it's so quick. So there's a way where you become involved. If you are deciding, for example, to let go of an erroneous belief pattern, which is one of the rituals that we do in this book, you are now in essence able to just decide, putting a line in the sand. And, and deciding that from here on out, um, 
this pattern is, is no longer being perpetuated. And this is the way quantum, the way we work in the quantum field. It, all that's necessary to shift is a shift in consciousness, which is accessed through ritual. So it's very powerful. And it also brings a level of fun to the healing process. You know, when we think of doing our shadow work or doing the deep inner work required uh, to, to sort of um, heal wounding from the past or wounding in general, it doesn't always feel like it's going to, we don't imagine it's going to be fun. <laughs> but with ritual, it quite literally can be fun. There's something so powerful. And, um, you know, I, I personally look so forward to the rituals that I do, and especially if I'm doing them in um, connection with others within my own sort of uh, sacred circle of, of my, my sacred sisterhood. We come together and often do ritual together. It's joyful, and it feels... Um, it, it's a way in which to truly remember how powerful we are. So ritual is connected to uh, the, in essence, divine feminine power in the sense that it brings us again back to that seat of feminine, of femi- of feminine power in the second chakra. And this is a powerful uh, reminder, just again, to focus on how is it that we can bring about change within the world at large is to is to bring about that change within, and ritual has the capacity to do both. You can use ritual, um, you know, under the law of grace, <laughs> to support healing of the whole planet, um, as well as you know that your own individual healing. Uh, again, under the law of grace, doing what is aligned with the highest good. So I'm a big fan of ritual in the sense that it is very very quick and fun. <laughs> As individuals move through uh, the way of Inanna, they are going to encounter the different gates that correlate to different chakras, and each gate has its own uh, focus. For example, gate two goes more into ancestral relationships, and and gate four is about reclaiming a positive sense of self. It seems to me that we all have our own mythology that we kind of live by, that we seem to take on. Uh, as as we grow. And then in coming into the way of Inanna as a mythology, how did you blend your own personal mythology into that so that you kept the sacredness of uh, and the nuances of each one as they became oneness rather than dual? Absolutely. So bringing my own mythology, it really is this, It it's something that what I love about this process is it's your own. You can bring in, even though, for example, you know, we're working in, in Gate 1 is a call to spirit where you're developing faith in yourself. It's related um, to developing faith in the self. It, you can see how, you know, that may, have, that may show up for you in some other part of your process, but the movement into our evolution certainly speaks to, you know, the... There is a way in which the development of faith is necessary, faith in self, uh, and, and just faith in general in the sense of as a, almost like a key code to higher, higher consciousness. Faith is, is, a, is like a, a passcode to higher consciousness. So there are ways where even if it doesn't, again, follow sequentially the way that I have uh, outlined it here, you will find your own, your own you will find a connection um, within you know, in the in Gate Three, for example, where we're 
I, I, I relate it to moving beyond addiction. This is really talking about, if you break it down, it's really talking about um, a process of soul training that we, in our, in our movement of overcoming addiction, which we can be which can be thought of as attachment, we're training in non-attachment, in the practice and the art of letting go. So there are, are ways where my own uh, life certainly taught me each of these um, principles that I, I highlight in each of the gates. But ultimately, as I, um, as I saw them in myself, I certainly saw them in Inanna, and, and in the work I have done as a psychotherapist, these are truly... Uh, at the root um, of, of the journey that we take, that we are going to experience uh, an opportunity to um, heal our ancestral relationships on some level, which really is connected to finding our voice, taking um, really the strengths of our line forward and healing what wants to be healed so we can um, perpetuate only that which is aligned with the highest good. Um, these types of uh, erecting sacred boundaries, transcending the binary, which really is about developing the discernment to know who you really are, to honor yourself, um, and then surrendering in order to ascend. All of these themes I have seen show up in the work that I do with others, if, as well as in myself, and certainly, of course, within the mythology of Anana. So there's an intersection, um, for sure, that I think readers will see in the mythology. When individuals move into places of grief and really are consciously taking a deep dive, I'm sure as a psychotherapist and as well as a spiritual mentor, you have encountered uh, people and, and even in yourself, there comes this place where there is this loss of faith. There is this real deep questioning and, and wondering you know, before that faith can actually be, be reclaimed. And oftentimes that's the scariest place for a lot of people. I know as I went through my process that resulted in my trilogy, there was this period where there was this deep loss of faith, where there was this barren valley uh, and nowhere land that has to be navigated through and felt through and can can come out of, but oftentimes it can feel very hopeless and very empty in that space. Can you talk a little bit about that space and uh, how one would navigate that for themselves. Oh, yes. It's such an important point. Absolutely. When our faith gets tested and, oh, it does bring us to our knees for sure. And it does, it can definitely make us feel a sense of hopelessness. Um, But it's truly in that process that as our faith gets tested, it also gets strengthened. Um, And if we can see our way through, feel our way through, and find our footing, even when we feel like the ground has, has dissolved beneath us, um, then we also come to see our own mastery, um, the mastery that we possess in finding our footing. And in that, our faith begins to restore. And it, it's almost like it's being, um, uh, in, it's sort of like a broken bone that, that heals back together stronger. So as we move through that process of loss of faith, if we are able to move through to the other side, truly it becomes stronger and, and it's a, we look at, can look at it in retrospect as a way of strengthening our process, but also we come out of that realizing that no one and no circumstance can ever erode our faith in ourselves. So it's a very powerful one gate to go through. Um, and it is my hope that all who are in it are able to find their way through and access faith in themselves for sure. 
It is hard, most definitely, most definitely. So thank you for asking that. Very, very important principle. It's, it's we, have just a, we have just a couple of minutes left, mm-hmm. and what I would love for you to share, especially with your background in hospice, is how can hospice or how has hospice brought you to a greater state of seeing aliveness? Mm, the recognition of the power of this rite of passage and the presence required to, um, to within to be able to support another in this process, um, that presence really speaks to what I wish and endeavor to bring into my life in every way. Um, and certainly my work in hospice made that uh, a, a, a very important part of my practice. I'm sure that that is quite profound, and it really does bring a deepened reverence to to life in seeing how it, it moves in and out. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to share before we close out the show, Shauna, about the way of Inanna or uh, anything that you have coming up? Just the message that Inanna really, in essence, brings to the forefront, which is the way is within your own heart. Um, and so always trust yourself. <laughs> That is my hope. You come to learn how to trust yourself. I urge you to go pick up your copy of The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically. You will enjoy the uh, different readings that you experience, the uh, rituals that you go through, and the deepened understanding of the beauty of your humanity. You'll be able to access moments of grace and see the beauty and the doorways that lead to divinity. Once again, the name of the book is The Way of Inanna, A Heroine's Guide to Living Unapologetically. Be sure to mark your calendar and check out the Unapologetic Heroine podcast launching in December. And go to Shauna Zalazo's website, that's shaunazalazo.com, and find out more about everything that she does. Until next week, I am Simran, in love, of love, with love and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.